0: Thank you. Dan, good okay, morning boys and girls, you're listening to the So Rare Ramble. Welcome back everybody, we are back with another episode of this beautiful show. I missed last week's big episode, I missed the big one with the So Rare staff and I'm gutted, I had so many questions, none of them were answered. I want to know, what aftershave was Nico wearing, you know? No one answered that, are they? You know, not ask those no, questions, definitely, you? definitely a bit of Paco Rabanne or something like that. Something, you didn't did like ask that. the important questions, boys. <laughs> you know, what colour socks was Dan wearing? Come on, man. But we did have, obviously, a big show. If you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it right now, and then come back to this one, and then listen to this one, and then listen to next week's when it comes out, and the week after. In fact, back catalogue every episode. If you've already listened to them, go and listen to them again. Up until now, I want a 16-tweet summary per episode on my desk tomorrow morning at 6am. But welcome to the new show. Um, We don't have any so-rest after today. We just have the Ramble boys. What a fucking disappointment that is, eh? (laughs) Honestly. At the moment I joined this call and realised there was no rare stuff in there, I almost fucking left. Um, so I thought we'd jump straight into it and recap what we missed. How's your game week gone in the weekend, boys? You guys want anything good?
1: Uh, not really, no. Waking up to Alice and having flu was like, heartbreaking, especially after I'd lumped one of my <laughs> biggest ever biggest ever signings, paid the most amount of money, luckily, before the, the announcement. But uh, even so, losing him for a week killed, I think, four teams, including my best rare team. So yeah, that was a bit heartbreaking, but yeah, I've got... you've, put, you've put a voodoo on Allison, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, you got. Did he get negative decisive, well, or he conceded three yeah. the week before, and then got flu? So I don't know what he's going to do this week. But... Third time lucky, yeah. Yeah, Fingers crossed, okay. and yeah. But well, yeah. I was so was excited.
2: I was so excited that morning on the Saturday. I was thinking, right, this is it. I've got a couple of couple of teams in the uh, in season prem. Um, special that's going at the minute I was thinking right Alison's out that's good news for me loads of DMPs KDB's on the bench fucking KDB comes on gets an assist you know and um, I mean for me what happened at the weekend I had some quite decent teams but every single captain I had flopped every lineup, my captain just flopped badly you know what you're doing
1: wrong don't you Chris picking the wrong captain yeah exactly yeah speaking Basically. of
0: kdb by the way that idiot missed a big chance for my Carl walker otherwise i would have got a reward in the prem weekly but he decided no he's not going to score that one because Carl walker set him up he's a he's a he's a, a bleeding prick that kdb
2: <laughs> so yeah it was rubbish as well for me managed to scrape the last weekend's ever 240 limited thresh and that was literally it <laughs> That was the other thing. I got scammed, by the way. I told Sores and I promised I'd have picked 400 points. I promise.
0: So give me $320. And they didn't. They gave me the $200. How BS is that? I I, I pinky swore. <laughs> Nonsense. I've been scammed. They stole $120 off me this weekend. I'm fuming. If it makes you feel better, David, Alison's got up about 300 quid since you bought him, so...
1: Yeah, well that's great, but if he never plays and when he does play he gets negative decisive it doesn't make any difference. But... Sell, sell
0: him, mate. Be a trader. I can't. Be a trader, mate.
1: Sell am Ride or die with my Liverpool cards. Literally never <laughs> selling.
0: Yeah, I'm the same with United, but that's not because that, that's not because I'm ride or die, it's because they've gone down so fucking much since I bought them. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd be taking a loss in the thousands if I sold them now. Um and <laughs> I, I wish I was joking about that. I'm I'm really not. Like I bought Bruno Fernandez for about two grand. He's worth about five hundred quid now.
1: Yeah, because Neil used some of his money for it. His Cunha money, didn't he, to buy uh, a <laughs> Fernandez this week? But yeah,
0: buying uh... an old season one as well, so it's even less in demand. People really don't want that card. Um, but t- I did well in the game week. I did a decent game week, you know. Uh, hit rare what threshold, get, super Ryan? rare threshold, um, and then I came, I came zero point one points out of the ETH ETH payout places in Champ Europe Rare Plus. 0.1 points and i thought you know what up to like you can find 0.1 points you can find them somewhere and no they didn't they didn't find them anywhere and then but i ended up winning a uh rare Mere, who i thought was injured but apparently he's back now so i'm happy about that so in-season champ europe goalkeeper we'll take that i think he's back i don't know well sarah data reckons he's not starting and apparently play Sharp is at just 45 but everyone else told me to stop moaning so he's if he's 45
1: percent, then at least he's close to returning surely
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, we probably, he's probably, yeah, he's probably back, right? I put him in my strongest line this week, and if he doesn't play, I can moan at everyone on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all, right, all right, game week, you know? Okay, game week. And uh, like you say, it's like it was the last one. Well, no, this is the last one. This midweek's the last one of the old threshold. Yeah. And then we've got the new one. Quick question. Going forward, what points total do you reckon you'll be picking for the new threshold? I haven't run the numbers yet, but I suspect it will be the middle one most weeks. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Because if you think about it, well, I I only really looked at it in super air. I don't know if, if, if the percentages scale, but it's five X in Super air, So you have to hit it one out of five weeks to to make more well, it's just over five X. I think sixty versus three hundred and twenty, right? So if you if you were to hit the the sixty every week you'd have to hit it once every five weeks to make more money back from the middle option but let's say you hit super air threshold once every three weeks then it's one every 15 weeks you have to hit it to make profit yeah so i think that's probably probably me as well you know maybe i'll be ambitious and go for the top one and never win it and complain about it
1: i think if you've got like a a zero and you've got like a couple of guys that are going to smash or something like that then yeah, it makes sense to go for it. I don't think I'd ever go for the top one, though. I just don't see it happening. With our I, think if, pop, got I, a guess- zero,
2: I think if you have got a zero, that's the only time it's worth considering, isn't it, really? You know, if, can, squeeze, yeah. if you can squeeze one zero gain and then four smashes and they have got, you know, the nice fixtures that game week, then that is the only time to do it. But I reckon I've only hit, I mean, limited. I'm, I'm running on a shoestring in Rare, obviously, trying to do it. But limited, it's possible maybe once or twice i mean the the bottom one in limited is just a complete waste of time really
1: oh yeah there's no no way i'd ever do the bottom one in limited but yeah um but you still get cards in it don't you so that that's the only thing that sort of okay if there was no cards in it like uh then i probably would focus on it a lot less but with cards in it still then i'll probably stick a semi-decent team in but yeah yeah have you got any different strategies
2: around it now in terms of, you know, rather than just aiming for the the target, is there anything that you're going to look to try and do differently or are you just going to play it the same as you have done previously? Do you think?
1: I think I'll play it exactly the same way. I think that generally I will make sure the captain, I can put a captain in who is a decent point scorer, you know, who's likely to sort of get 60 or, you know, dark green if they get like a decisive... And then try and fit teams around that, but um, I think this weekend I've got a, uh, a zero goalkeeper, Ethan Orvath, who conceded after a minute last night. But I don't think the goal was his fault. But um, so yeah, so I'll probably go middle target this week and see how it goes. But I think just last weekend, like I was in the top ten in the limited in season Prem tournament, and then with like two games to go, and one of those games was the Arsenal game. <laughs> Literally, that destroyed the leaderboards, and like like a lot of people, I imagine, I went to look at Nep at full time, and his like rewards are absurd. I didn't see whether it lasted or not. Do you know how well he did,
0: Ryan? So yeah, he ended first in Premier League Winter's Limited, and second in Champion Europe Red Plus, and then a scattering of other other prizes. I think he ended up with about one one thousand six hundred pounds in ETH. Uh, rare Donnarumma and then a couple of other little rare cards here and there for like different competitions. Because he th- his problem is he splits cards up a bit too much as well. Yeah, so I did look yeah, at. I noticed that when I looked at his teams. Yeah, I like it. It honestly infuriates me because he always talks about on the So Red Data Show about how angry he was that he split up the Feyenoord boys first week of the season, and he keeps doing it with the Arsenal boys. And and when they finally hit massive, yeah, he's got hundred pointers in like two seventy with three other shitters that he just doesn't even care about. Do you know what I mean? So. He but, bought
1: a, a rare Kevin De Bruyne with his money.
0: Yeah, yeah, he went out and bought that straight away. He's uh, he's building a in-season Man City stack to try oh, and dominate all the in-season, well, yeah. dominate all the Prem in-season uh, comps. He wants in-season Man City and I think an in-season Liverpool stack as well. So, yeah, good luck if you're playing Prem in-season, boys. <laughs> Neb's going to be wiping the floor of everyone, apparently.
1: I'm just hoping Liverpool have one or two good weeks. Like where They should. Where they all crush, yeah. Yeah, they should. You know, most of them are to do well. <laughs> <laughs> got a little you... Bournemouth
2: defensive stack. <laughs> 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 now, New, Newcastle, I've bought into a little bit as well. Um, they've got Bournemouth actually at home at the weekend. So that's not. Which bad
1: defender bad. did you buy for Newcastle then? Like they've got Trippier. Got... Obviously, Botman's brilliant. Who did yeah. you go with?
2: I've got Trippier and Byrne. Dan Byrne, okay. Dan Byrne, <laughs> big Dan Byrne. I know you were laughing at that one, and then he outscored bloody Trippier at the weekend as well.
1: He just yeah, looks like Trippier. He doesn't look like a fullback. He looks like an old-fashioned centre back. So it just cracks yeah, me up yeah. the fact that he plays fullback.
2: Yeah, he can't run very well, can he? No, he's all right with the balls in the air, but when he gets speedy wingers, he uh, he
1: struggles a little bit, doesn't he? But, Who uh, was it, that it skinned in the other week and oh, literally made it no. look like he's running through mud? He got a zero in that game as well. Who was that against now? Is that what um, no, prompted you to buy
2: him? I think it's looted, it? Oh, yeah, it was Luton, wasn't it? Best time to buy, isn't it, when they get a zero. <laughs> Cheapest you can ever buy a player at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah
2: it was it Yeah, I it was no, Luton here as well. So, uh, and Bravka. So, I've got a little, little Newcastle thing going on and, you know, see how that goes at the weekend.
0: Do you know, I noticed, so obviously we were talking in our group chat about... Um, about uh Dubravka and I and I put a bid in for Dubravka which was was ended up being way below what he went for. He went for a lot more than I thought he would. uh I guess it's the prem hype. But I did notice as well because I looked at Trippier too, and there was a jersey mint two out of a two out of ten Trippier on the market a super rare uh for auction. I thought, oh, you know, they've, they've, they've minted the jersey mint. They're, they're pretty they're pretty behind on that. They've only minted two out of uh, ten the season. They've actually... Au- they'd already auctioned the six out of ten, like, a few weeks ago. And then they've gone back and auctioned the two out of ten jersey mint. They've kept it aside. People have won three Super Air Trippies this year so far, right? None of them jersey mint. They've kept the jersey mint to one side to then auction after, like... Months after these have already been already been uh, uh, given out, I thought it was a bit cheeky from Sora.
1: I don't think you can win like Jersey Mints. Or- no, not
0: anymore. No. They they keep them. They you know like they 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 keep them to one side now and and just auction them themselves. Which is like I don't know. I don't like well, it that much.
2: Good, it's good business strategy though. Equally, isn't it? I mean, from their point of view, wait until the price is absolutely its highest. It's going to be, and then you know get it sold. Yeah, I, that's, that's I, what I'd do. If it was my business, it's exactly what I would do. Yeah, but
0: I'm just looking now, and I've got a cheeky Man United stack for Captain Forty uh Rare this week. So I think I'll be going for the highest points threshold.
1: You've had some comical rewards recently. Just look at your gallery, Ryan. all right merit. Okay, great. Oh. I think you probably looked out there, but. Are you literally, have they got a setting in your uh, I know Tuesday Don't right. give him DMP keepers? <laughs> I've had I've had uh Paul
0: Bertadoni, and I won him, I won him the week he got released from Cony Sport because he weren't paying his wages, right? Yeah. Uh Lammond, who obviously is complete DMP, doesn't play at all. Uh Geronimo Rully, who does not play at all, complete DMP. Mateo Robb, who was a DMP, and then the week I won him, he randomly started as well. Uh, Inaki and then he Pena... conceded about five goals, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's probably he's probably not going to start again. Inaki Pena, who I won the last week that he played, so now he doesn't play. But the thing is with Inaki Pena, and obviously they don't the the swap is changed now. The swap rules have changed, right? So that was a tier two in Champion Europe rare plus, and uh, both me and below me were cards worth between sort of 190 and 270 quid he was worth 80 quid. He was worth like less than a third of what the cards around me went for because their reward system is two weeks behind. So they rewarded him two weeks ago when he was worth about 250 quid. And I won him when they thought he was worth 250 quid, but he was worth about 80 because he no longer plays. So it's, it's actually quite painful.
2: I love your impatience, Ryan, by the way. <laughs> Wait for who? I've
1: I've got loads
2: of players. I, I'm just looking at my watch list, and I think half those keepers you've mentioned are on my watch list. There is. Well, uh, I've still got I've still got <laughs> half of them.
1: Well, I'd remove them if I was you, because most of them are DNP keepers now. <laughs>
2: no, what, what my whole point with that is Rooley and Larmans. They were the two. Well, I saw sold- when you said that, I was just thought they're number one keepers. then next season. For me, I think Sally Larmans is a great buy at the moment. I I, I sold her for
0: two hundred quid when I won him, and he last sold for about hundred and twenty. So I did all right with that.
2: Yeah. Once time, if he's number one, U23 keeper, loads of years left. I think it would be a good one to hold on to, but that's what I'm saying. Um... It's immediate utility versus patience.
1: Right. I'm not in this game for a long time.
0: I'm not in this game for a long time, mate. I'm in it for a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down on our uh, show uh, plan today. I just literally wrote down roadmap recap and I thought we'd just sort of take it away and talk about whatever you want to talk about in regards to the so rare Re- roadmap recap because I'm not going to lie to you, there has been so so much in such a short period of time, right? But I also feel like there is so much that we could sit, we could sit here and talk about it for about four hours, but I wanted to just keep it brief because. We've got content now for weeks, so let's not waste it all. Because we've got we've got shows now for weeks and weeks and weeks, where we can talk about different things. So let's not wa- let's not waste it. Uh, is there anything specifically? i will start with you, David, that you want to talk about in regards to the roadmap. Maybe people have missed. Maybe you've picked up and and people aren't as bullish too. Maybe maybe you've you've seen something that you think is a a good opportunity. What? Let me hear your thoughts.
1: As you said, I don't think we need to rehash the whole thing again because it's just absurd amounts of content out there now um i think that that there's lots of little sort of intricacies to the the roadmap that you know people might have missed but also that have yet to unfold yet like uh new season cards how are they going to be delivered you know we i suspect that they will probably do sort of like nft reveals so you'll be buying faceless cards the week they'll launch it the week before the prem kicks off and then they'll have a reward a reveal day, say, a month down the line when the cards will suddenly like, you know, shimmer into life and stuff like that, which would be quite cool and like quite a cool thing to do. And also will mean that they can sort of lean into that, um, you know, early season hype by doing the launch before the kickoff. And therefore, they can also sort of, you know, get the the rivals game will have sort of new cards in for all the players as well, although they'll be faceless. But I think things like that are going to be really interesting going forward. My sort of questions I have around that is, like, obviously they're starting the transition phase at the end of March. I suspect that they've put it in at the end of March for the reason is that they want to have K-League, J-League and MLS cards before they make that transition across. Um, And going forward, will all seasons be delivered exactly the same way? And I think that that's the... Mm -hmm the big question a lot of users have at the moment about you know I noticed um, like Chris I think you asked uh, So themselves about you know whether like the Pal- uh, Palmaris um river etc whether their new season cards that the cards that they have now will be considered the new season cards for this season I think their reply was something along the lines of you know card I don't think
2: come on yet, by the way isn't it? Pardon? <laughs> I don't think there's an official announcement on it yet has there been
1: no there's no official announcement and the answer I don't think really like cleared it up either because it said that um they will be considered new season until the start of the next season but Mm. the start of the next season for Argentina now is 2025 so does that mean their new season for the whole of this season because the season started a month or two ago yeah, it's, I mean, their season started, didn't it? You know, Brazil hasn't started yet, and there's lots of rumours lot going, going around that they've got Brazil a, starts in April. Yeah, and they've got the hot. There's a lot of rumours going around that they've got the whole license for it. So we'll have to wait and see on that. So that that was one thing. um What about you, Ryan? Did you have any thoughts on that one? No, I think that obviously, like that,
0: that does tie in. I mean, like, so uh, we spoke yesterday in the group chat. and I, Kind of what I was saying is I'm a little bit worried with the March transition about super Air prize pools, given like how many cards they have left to reward, basically. Um, do they have enough to give out decent rewards for X amount of game weeks? I think that there's obviously a worry with um, sort of winning in-season cards right to the back end of the season because the lack of utility left in the in-season comps may make those cards quite undesirable for a lot of people. Um, I think that there's there's... A few worries and, and and sprinklings of people talking about um, how will the in-season comps work straight away? Like you say, will, will you get faceless cards and things like that? Um, overall, I'm kind of expecting them to like come out and answer a bunch of questions at some point. That's what I'm kind of expecting. I'm expecting a big like FAQ update or something like that because there are a lot of questions at the moment that we just simply don't have answers to. So I'm kind of waiting to hear if they just have, like, a bunch of answers for us. Because if they don't, I'm going to be a little bit sceptical to buy cards between now and August, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. I think um, it's hard to buy cards right now without answers to certain questions. So, yeah. For me, I think there'll be an FAQ.
1: I think, I mean, well, they haven't confirmed it yet, but, you know, they said they were happy to so hopefully we can get them on towards the end of march around the time the transition time and they can answer a lot of these you know faqs on the podcast so i think
0: i think i'm busy that day
1: (laughs) (laughs) i also think actually on that note i think that like scouting historically on so rare has been been a bit sort of problematic because the seasons are normally you know a month two months underway before the cards come out and by then, the L5s or L15s, if that player is going to crush that season, are already absurd. The prices of those cards, you know, obviously are high at launch. Now you can scout pre-season and if they do these faceless cards pre-launch them the week before the season kicks off, you can, like, take an advantage from your research by buying cards you think will crush, you know, and then obviously getting them at a cheaper price than there would be once the season kicks off and they start crushing.
0: I do think now is a good time, like, what I've noticed is I'm not a hundred percent sure. A lot of people realise that um, there's the March 29th update is going to be when this sort of new content actually come out. Like I'm, in fact, I know for a fact there's an alarming amount of people that don't realise that. Because I know from speaking to people on on Twitter, from speaking to people through live streams and whatnot, like the amount of people I've I've spoke to that I've I've said, you know, what are your plans in March 29th? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I don't think people properly understood that March 29th is when this all happens, when this all sort of kicks off. Exactly, um, yeah.
1: I and mean, they're so... going to have the legacy tournaments, aren't they, for, uh, until August? Yes. But yeah, you're well, right. And I find it a bit weird, like the Prem the competition, obviously is massive. Prem prices are going like through the roof, you know, that's expected. Well, La Liga and the Bundesliga are both going to have in-season competitions kicking off March 29th and they haven't really moved yet.
0: No, exactly. Um, So I think we're going to get at some point soon, a point where people start to realise, realise what's coming. And then almost like a, a, a lot of panic buying in other leagues as well, which wouldn't make a huge amount of sense because realistically there's not that much utility left. I don't think these cards should go up much, but I know what this bloody DGEN FOMO is like. I know a lot of people that when, when the transition period comes and they don't have any in-season cards, or maybe they need one or two in-season cards, people are just going to go and buy them for stupid prices. So I think now is probably your, your better opportunity to buy ahead of the sort of crossover period. I don't know what you'd call it because it's not really the 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 like time for the update, but it is, do you know what I mean? Like it's like it, it is when it changes, but it's not like August is when like the main game changes. But like at the same time it kind of is when it changes as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's a weird like I don't even know what to call it to be honest.
1: I think they've called it a transition period, haven't they? The transition
0: period, that that makes yeah. sense. That that's good. That's actually yeah, that makes a lot of sense to be fair. Yeah.
1: As for winning sort of in season cards you know sort of later on in the season i don't see that i mean you know it's annoying but if you get a decent card, you're going to be happy still but it's no di- no different than winning like a card sort of the last couple of weeks of last season knowing it's going to lose its five percent bonus you know before you you know around the time you can play it again which was always a bit annoying but you know it's just, yeah
2: there's not a lot they I think, can do about that i think something i've looked at i haven't really i mean i've never really played um the belgian and dutch leagues particularly in the past or lots to go any level. So I'm kind of looking at a minute, uh, you know, I'm trying to spread, I was far too much in contenders in terms of what I've got in my gallery composition. Um, but something I think that's quite interesting and no one's really touched on much yet is that it's going to be painful to start with, you know, every, everybody's having to reshuffle and reposition a little bit at the moment. Um, and you know, a lot of people probably got too much weight and too many options within one region because they've been changed so much. But what's interesting is, I think once we get into the sort of um, autumn period of the European leagues coming around, if you there's going to be like an annual cycle basically between um, regions. So say if you've got you know in in um, challenges, you know you've got Brazilian and MLS cards over the summer, and You know, you've got a few Turkish players, Belgian players, Dutch players, whatever, at the minute that are in-season. You're going to be able to, when the MLS starts up, providing the cards are available fairly quickly, you're going to be able to win new season MLS cards with Dutch in-season players, Belgian in-season players, Turkish in-season players. And then you'll have the same cycle comes back around again in like August when those European leagues start back up again in that same region. So you'll start seeing like a, a circle of going, right, you've got your, your your Turkish, Belgian, Dutch players that are winning your MLS cards at the end of the European season. Hopefully you win enough early on that you can then enter the cash tournament, the in-season tournament over the summer in that region. And then kind of the reverse again in the autumn where you know, you've got your then in-season MLS built up that are then winning your cash to then start, you know, again, winning new cards in, in a new season, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. like a it's like a circle that will keep going round. And I think there's a lot of value to going, just concentrate on one region and have, you know, year round utility with, you know, balanced around your, your kind of your gallery there. And I don't think anyone's really thought about that too much yet, to be fair.
1: Also with uh, what I noticed you know with regards to that is if you are focusing on contender challenger or champ and you're playing in the classic tournament as i imagine there'll be you know more teams in that than there will be in the in season definitely at the start of seasons you're only going to win players from that tournament and you're only going to win players that are currently playing so like you won't be able to win celtic cards once the celtic season stops or that's what they've said at the moment anyway whether that actually happens i don't know but so that means that you are guaranteed to win a card that a card that fits with your strategy if you're playing contender and therefore makes it less likely not completely there's still going to be a huge amount of people that are going to whack these cards on like for sale immediately but less likely that the players they're going to put them straight on the market because they could fit with their strategy you know rather than if you're in all star before and you won a j league card you know, and you were just concentrating on champ or challenger, that was going straight in the bin. It was going straight on the market. So it might cause a little bit of less pressure on rewards day on prices going down as well. But I think it's
2: quite different, isn't it? Because champion is literally just, you know, it's the five European leagues. They all run to pretty much the same season within a couple of weeks of each other. But yeah, the challengers and contenders, you know, it is interesting that you've got that year round utility if you balance things out right. And it just keeps having that cycle of going round and round and round. And and you know, if you can play it like that, like you say, I think um, you know that's a good strategy, really. Just yeah, no, I to completely agree. Across each of those leagues and regions. Yeah, no, I
1: completely agree.
0: So, funnily enough, though, uh, I tweeted out yesterday asking uh, about people with mainly contender galleries their thoughts on the update, and a lot of people's concerns were the idea that they might only be able to win sort of Asian cards during the summer especially um given the fact there's just a massive amount of Asia compared to everywhere else that's minted um
1: well there's going to be Asia Brazil Argentina MLS within within contender there's going to be um like which ones I'm trying to think there's Argentina it's it's
0: Argentina and Mexico Mexico. and then Asia um with sprinklings of other leagues here and there like but it's mainly going to be K-League and J-League that are the fully licensed leagues because there's only a few teams in Argentina, a few teams in Mexico. And, and people's worry is having, having like Argentinian or Mexican sort of galleries winning in-season cards and they all be Asia.
1: But who cares? Yeah, that does, that doesn't fit your gallery, but that still fits with your strategy because you're playing contender.
0: To quote John AFCB, because I said the same thing, he said, "Sora isn't money, money, money for me and many others. will just be simply boring only winning Asia cards.
1: Yeah. We well, can't, I mean, I don't think you can win, you won't be able to just win Asia cards, you have about to win all kinds. But... So my
0: response is, shut the
1: fuck up, John!
0: <laughs> <laughs> we lost one of our new listeners. <laughs> I don't think it. John, I was only kidding, mate. I, was only, I, was I think kidding, the thing mate. is, got well, valid point.
2: Go, going back to what we were saying at the start about Clarity on, on, you know, prize pools and clarity on what cards are in season and and aren't. I mean, if the Argentine and Mexican cards that they released towards the end of last year are not counted as in season, then they can't be in the prize pool, can
1: they, for for new season cards, surely? Well, exactly, yeah. And I don't think, you know, they could release, like, the Leagues and release loads of faceless cards, sort of, in March, but... I don't think having too many faceless cards looks great like if you're and, and we don't even know if they're doing this yet so this is pure speculation but you know they gave us a wry smile on the uh, when we were recording the podcast when we asked this question on the pod last week you know so i'm sure this is something that's occurred to them you know it's in the nft world having these reveals is fairly common practice so but yeah you don't want like they don't want loads of teams being posted up like look at my reward winning team and it's just like a you know, holder image from five things, isn't it? It doesn't look
2: particularly
0: good. Yeah, that would be shit. Yeah. My, my, well,
1: my predict- rival,
2: you know, like rivals where you just have the player's first name and then the, the letter of the surname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in mean, some King. of the leagues
1: where there's loads of players with a very similar name, it causes all kinds of havoc.
2: It does for me when I'm trying to pick my rivals' lineups, doesn't it? Yeah. I reckon, I, I reckon run, they just
1: the go. <laughs> I
0: reckon, I reckon they, they sort of mint, mint them all in in sort of early August before the season's cut, before the Leeds come back, like two weeks before the Leeds come back and just fucking auction about 30 cards of each player and just say, have at it and see how much money they make. And then I Nicholas is exactly just a, in, a, do, in a bath of dollar bills laughing at, at you.
1: I think they will release, yeah, I think it could be, you know, 20, 30 cards of each player in rare and they will all come out before the season and that would make sense it would make sense from so rare because they can get loads of money in the coffers it would make sense from users point of view because the price would find sort of price parity far quicker than it would do if they were just releasing them slowly and you know it makes the in-season tournament more doable but it'd be interesting to see whether they do hold to this for in-season players for the kickoff of next european season um and I guess it will depend on how you know smooth the transition is and getting players out. But so the strategies, Ryan. What's your strategy going forward?
0: Win a lot. Nice. Just want to just want to win everyone, mate. Um, my strategy. So I put a lot of effort the other day into sort of building my own spreadsheet. I've never done this before, so it was genuinely an absolute. It was about three hours of me figuring out how to work google sheets i've never used it before so um i basically built a spreadsheet to look to, to sort of visualize um all my cards in my gallery and then Sarah day, i released the uh the filters the day after so cheers Sarah day, i appreciate that um so I, I built a spreadsheet to look at what i've got and, and, and basically wanted to figure out where i was strongest where I, mean, I knew where i was strongest but like where i was strongest where i was weakest and sort of plan then how i want to try and attack certain divisions now what i realized is although i am strongest in champ i'm actually in super Air f- by far strongest in challenger um i i've got some very good pieces in challenger i've got uh by far a lot more super air pieces there as well than anywhere else so um it thrown a bit of spanner in the works i think what i What I plan on doing on March 29th is I'll run a few um, in-season champion Europe uh, teams and between now and then we'll look to pick up more in-season cards to run some in-season champion Europe teams and try and build up ETH and then I'd like to try and build a nice ETH balance in case I do want to buy anyone in August Um, but ideally just try and win cards to play in-season. I'm not massively in a rush to enter all the Eve tournaments because i think that i've got strong enough pieces to win cards to enter the Eve tournaments um but i'm kind of like i'm kind of a bit laid back with it i just kind of want to sort of play it by ear and see how it goes really um i'm not too worried about like jumping straight in being the first on all the auctions and whatnot i do think that there's actually a decent opportunity if you are if you get some of the first like top end cards i actually think that are the the sort of opportunity for ROI in the first few tournaments will be a lot greater because not as many people have the cards. So and and there'll be like people playing them in different divisions and then and, and there'll be people playing them here, there and everywhere, people playing them in like La Liga, for example, or Bundesliga or champion or whatever. So if you pick the right competition, I think that um there's a really good opportunity to actually um sort of get a good a, a way better ROI than you would if you uh I don't know, if you played them differently, I guess. Uh, or you didn't if you didn't get them at all. But yeah, for me I think um having some really good sort of uh, classic cards already, hopefully try and win some decent cards and we'll sort of see how that goes and and take it from there. I'm not massively in a rush, so
1: I guess from one point of view, I mean like when I saw the yeah when I read through the update, I sort of, you know, immediately thought, Well, you'll probably be like hey, Ryan will probably be okay. But then I had a quick look and you you actually have got cards from sort of all over that you use for All Star and stuff like that. And that does hurt you a bit. And also the super rare problem, you know, you can't, you know, rare plus obviously is going, which is a bit of a ball like for you because you did tend to use do yeah. quite a few rare plus teams. So have you got an idea about? Are you going to buy like more Super A keepers or?
0: Yeah, so I, I picked up a uh, Michael Zetterer who's Werder Bremen's keeper, just because I've admired him a lot this season already. Um, I think that he's a, a decent, a decent keeper, and uh, um, yeah, so I quite liked him already. I just thought he would like uh, that. He'd be a good keeper to have with a good AA and whatnot. Um, but I'm going to look to pick up a, uh, another Champ Europe keeper. I'm just going to sort of see where I want it to be, whether I go sort of with a league specific or if I go with somewhere else, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll sort of see how that goes. But um, I'll probably try and build Super Rare, build out into Super Rare in, in Champ and try and make some of my better lineup Super Rare rather than Rare. Um, because I've already got rare pieces. I don't need to buy more rare pieces. So I think, yeah, super rare as well. I'm gonna try and build out from now on and we'll uh we'll see how that goes.
1: What about you, Chris? Um,
2: I think the first thing that I've done and sort of started doing a little bit was trying to rebalance. So I had way I still have probably slightly too many, but I had way too many players and contenders, um, and kind of in all sort of mishmashes of teams and leagues and all sorts. So I'm trying to streamline that a little bit. I think I'm done playing U23 because I think it's. I think those pr- the the price of those players in contenders, you know, has actually held quite well compared to most of the other players down there. So, um, but I don't think I'm competitive enough. So I'm sort of selling out of them. Um, I'm trying to play as many cash comps as I can till the end of the season. So. Um, I bought into a couple more Premier League players. I kind of, you know, we've been speaking about the whole stars, will be stars and champion thing for a while. So I'd started to do that a little bit um, pre-announcement. And then I just went in very quickly um, on the announcement and, and bought And a bought, few more. Dan bought Dan <laughs> Byrne. Bought Dan I bought Dan Byrne the day before, actually. I bought Trippier, I think. Um, I can't remember. That that day anyway. Um And the other thing is sort of, you know, so I've gone into Champions as it is now um, a lot more um, and had a bit of coverage across all those leagues. So, um, you know, when the the, um, in-season tournaments start up, I should have a couple of teams in the Premier League, one Bundesliga, probably one La Liga, um, potentially uh, a Champions one. And a uh, contenders one as well, as well as you know a couple of two forty teams in rare and limited. So I should have about six in season teams each week from uh, when the changes happen in March. So it gives me a fair opportunity to start building up some cash um, each week there. I'm really unsure what to do about my um, my sole current rare. Um, challenger's player, which is Marchesin, who's a Brazilian goalkeeper, who um, has gone to Grêmio in, in that league over there. Um, seems like a current a, season card? It's a current season card as well, um, which is quite powerful um, and seems like a good starting point to build around. Um, but it's just knowing whether I can build enough depth and, you know, um, I've got the... the resources to do that or not um it's very hard to know i think in a minute without knowing exactly what the prize pools are what the cash payouts are going to be um you know what the the premier league and season is going to be at limited level say compared to you know contenders or, or challenger rare and what the difference is there um you know we know they're trying to funnel I think a lot of users the champions and, and put a lot of emphasis on on the Premier League comps. Um so it's hard to make a judgment on value, I think, until we we see a bit more of that in terms of the prize pools. And that's where I'm struggling a little bit at the minute of knowing what to do with that one. But yeah, other than that, rebalancing and focusing on the cash comps in the immediate term.
1: It's tough, isn't it? Like you know, the, the the rare pro thing was a bit of a shock, I think, a bit of a shock to everybody and sort of hit a lot of managers quite hard, especially ones that are sort of progressing but can't quite afford that super rare keeper, which, you know, I'm sort of in now because I think my super rare keeper that I played last season, I don't think he's going to play much this season. Uh, so I'm sort of on the fence about what to do with my super rares at the moment. Um, obviously, after any announcement on any platform I've ever been on, there's those, like, you know, shock responses of, like, people dumping cards off or price is going absurd on other cards and for super airs, that's no different super airs have taken a, re- a right kicking because you know you need a decent super air gallery to run a super air team So like i've got like an alex grant who's gone from uh, Pohang um across to china um and should
2: be good out there though you'd expect wouldn't you
1: he should be and i've got him listed but i'm not going to take a, a low ball offer on him and i had a quick look yesterday at some of the super airs that i'd bought and him as an example, I think I paid 252 quid for him, sort of, you know, a year and a half ago. And he has yield, he's been part of nearly 4,000 pounds worth of rewards individually, if you just take his points, it's about 700. So should I care if he even goes to zero? Obviously it's not great. And I, you, you won't go to zero because he's going to, you know, potentially a better position, but you know i think i just you just need to be a bit patient with some of those and i think we are going to see sort of a price recovery on super rares once all the changes roll out and especially on super rares that are decent performers i think
2: rares as well i mean contenders seems to be the region that's been hit the hardest i think i think like ryan was saying earlier what what's led to that is now you know users who've got a lot of players in that region are going well my upside's capped now because i can only win players from this region and they're the lowest value players, so I get that, and it's probably why I'm doing it a little bit as well. Um, but without knowing the, the the cash payouts exactly and how they're broken down, that's that's a tricky thing to to gauge value, isn't it? And well, they did know, we put the cash
1: payouts, out. didn't they? They gave sample ones, and actually, it wasn't yeah. a huge amount lower than like champions. No, so- no it wasn't. I think yeah, I think yeah.
0: a lot of people. Um, and not you, Chris. I mean, people like within the community are kind yeah. of uh, panicking a little bit that have fully contended galleries because, like, I don't think people have quite comprehended the idea that their cards can still win other cards that can win money. Like, it works the same way. And I, I understand it's it's maybe not as sexy as champion. And you know, a lot of people that maybe have, for example, FBA, maybe people have bought Celtic galleries, for example, with the idea that Celtic are gonna smash and then um they can win i don't know psv cards or or whatever they think is whatever or they can win buying cards or whatever with those right and now they can only win other celtic cards or below maybe they win dinamo zago cards or whatever but like if you have a if you have a celtic stack that smashes your celtic stash, your celtic stack will still smash in contender that can still win you in season celtic cards that will still smash to get eth rewards in contender in season like it's gonna work the same way i don't I, I think the sort of panic and the fear is really unjustified i think it's misplaced and unjustified. i don't mm-hmm. think that the. Uh, i think a lot of people that are panic selling might end up regretting panic selling in the future when it all calms down and they realize shit i had a really strong gallery now i just sold at a 25 percent loss and i don't know what to do now because i can't really afford to go and buy a bunch of cha- champion cards that can compete Like I think, if I was on a budget, I'd probably rather compete in Contender than think I'm competing in Champion without competing. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I don't don't disagree. I mean, I think that you know, selling just for the sake of selling is stupid at at any time. Really, I think if you've got a plan and you're you're selling and trying to you know raise funds for something, then that's that's fine and that's a good strategy. But just selling for no reason because you're scared of, of you know, price is going down further, then it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, I just think that, you know, looking at my my personal point of view, it was just that I was too bloated, you know, in, in that region. And I didn't need that many forwards. I didn't need that many mids. And, you know, the other thing that I think that is interesting is, you know, Sora said, challenger versus contender, there's actually a very similar amount of licensed teams in both regions however they're not including in their figures unlicensed players so uh, you know players are now out of mint and that's where all of them have been dumped you know they can't be in any other region now because they're all in leagues that aren't in mint at the moment so they're in the chinese league the colombian league you know um brazilian teams argentinian teams that aren't you know mexican teams that aren't in mint and there are actually quite a lot of players and there's quite a lot of strong players when you look at, um, you know, the type of players that we've had over the years in there. I mean, some of the guys that you've had, like Davidson and, you know, some of the guys who go to China, like Alex Grant, like like David said, Canales in Mexico. Um, you know, there's a fair amount of those guys, uh, all the junior guys in Colombia that are doing well at the minute, Yemi Chara and Caicedo and stuff, Backer. Um you know, there is a lot of competition down there and I think that that is the thing that's hard to gauge and go, look, if you're down there and you've got a moderate kind of average sort of um, gallery or, or, you know, a couple of teams, it might be quite difficult. And that that's that has definitely, you know, played on my mind a little bit as well and, and I don't know. I don't know. It, it looks like it will be a dogfight down there to me um, and that and the upside is perhaps not there as it is in the other regions. And that's that's my own, you know. I don't know that for definite, but that's my assumption. A little.
1: How many? Just having a think about it. How many teams do you reckon will run in super rare with a DMP goalkeeper, just to see whether they can sort of like bink the lower division and actually win a few rewards that way?
0: Well, th- that's interesting because the lower division is the bottom eleven percent of lineups, right? That's in Div Four. That's what their their graph said. Bottom eleven percent. That's that like. People seem to think that they're, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go down divisions and win rewards. First of all, I think I don't... The rewards like,
1: aren't great though, are they?
0: Yeah, I know. The rewards are going to be shit at the bottom, so you're not going to want to do that. But also, like, like the bottom 11% of lineups are going to be DMP riddled. They're going to be, like, you're going to see people winning with a 25 scorer. Like, you're going to see people uh, winning rewards with, like, sometimes even two DMPs and just three cards at accidentally smashed that they just didn't even realize you'll have people playing in there that don't even play so rare often and, and only know they won something with that little notification you get at like 7 15 on a on a tuesday and friday night um so yeah in my opinion uh there'll be a lot of people with dmp's i think i think you'll have the a first lot.
1: first week they introduce it i'm gonna run an absolute dog shit line hopefully <laughs> they're all dmp's Get I'm intrigued into that like, division. Then I'm going to roll out the big guns. Well, here's the thing: I, I, I've had I've had
0: people tweet me asking me about this. About you know, what are your thoughts on people just relegating themselves? I mean, firstly, I don't think people are going to sacrifice an entire game week to relegate themselves. Like you are just going to sacrifice your cards for whatever. Unless, yeah, no, unless to do that, like
1: especially in t- especially in um, divisions where I'm more competitive. Why? Yeah, I-
0: exactly. I think it's stupid. But then also, like if four... I imagine for winning Div Four, you probably it's probably going to be like a tier two or something, like or a tier one at, at best. It'll be like the kickoff modes and stuff like that. Like the the kickoff mode rewards a a dross. Realistically, they're just they they're, they're still rewards, and, and you know people are still you know if you have someone that has a bottom eleven percent gallery, winning a tier two or a tier three, for example, is is great for them. Like that is a really really good reward. You can actually help really build with that, and that's why the division system has been put in place. But I really don't see. A lot of people. I, th- I think you'd have to be stupid to sort of go down. I don't think there's a real sort of strategy there, and I think we'll see it when the reward pools finally get released.
1: Breaking you know, news: Nice have just. Yeah, like I saw that. Platform.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Next That's pretty cool.
2: Kef- Very Kef- nice. Very nice.
0: <laughs> I ex- t- tell you who's actually out <laughs> of all those, the one I'm I'm excited to see is uh, Dante, the like 58
2: year old oh, centre back yeah he's a beast. that's that's my sort of player that I might have a look at dancer
0: i'd be honestly i think he's going to be quite expensive his scores are mental he's got an l40 yeah, a baby in basically in my
2: gallery next to pepe <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's 39 years old jesus christ he doesn't 40. look 39 years old
0: 40 years old
1: they Is got he 40 it wrong now?
0: on the card yeah they got it wrong on the card he's 40 oh, they would have he's done just it at the,
1: start um... of the season they wouldn't it for yeah
0: oh yeah true yeah yeah yeah
1: he doesn't look 40 i mean i'm just looking right now i've got his face against Chris. Chris turned forty. Dante's forty.
0: Honestly. Chris looks like it'd be Dante's dad.
1: <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's the pixelated crap internet connection Chris has got, but you know, oh, doing you no favors.
2: My wife, <laughs> um just going back to on topic rather than waffling about my um, We don't skin do that around here yeah. versus Dante whatever we're talking about. Um, complexion and all that. Um you know, in terms of um, relegation and everything. Yeah. When it comes to August and the, the whole new structure in place properly, if if I've got a you know a um, a gallery of just say um, MLS and Brazilian players for challenges, will I get relegated coming into those season that season? Sorry, their seasons. If
1: I then don't continue playing,
2: no. Is but also, right?
1: on that note as well, I completely agree. I think that's valid. And they they haven't actually come out and said yes or no yet on that one.
0: I think they have. I think they said that you, you won't get relegated by not playing.
1: No. I thought I
2: said that initially, but I don't know if it was from August. I think now they're not doing that, but I don't know from August. So I don't know whether, because my point was going to lead on to them, whatever you know, region you chose choose to focus on, they are forcing you then. If you, if you are going to get relegated, they're forcing you to play all year round, aren't they? I'm. I. I, I, I
0: don't, you don't think you will get relegated. I don't think there's a. There's no benefit to relegating people for not playing because if that was the case, then people would just not play. If you're in Div 1 and you're struggling, you just like, but you can't get relegated. You're not that bad, but you can't, you're not good enough for rewards. People just not play for a week and then, and then get into Div 2 to actually win rewards. I I, I don't see that, I don't think there's a, there's actually a benefit to, to relegating people from that. Uh, I think they'll keep it the way that they keep it for March 29th because, I mean, like, if you don't play, you're just not competing against somebody else that's playing. And if you do play, then, then, and you're not good enough. You're not good, like, it doesn't really make a difference, does it?
1: I think it might be like a good idea to have like a pass token or something like that, that you can pass on a, a week a certain amount of times across a year. Like you get a, a token once a week or something like that. And then not once a week, sorry, once a month, which you can use as like, I don't want to play this week. And I'm going to use my, like, you know, cannot get relegated and see how we go from there. But I will,
0: I will say on the topic of strategies, a strategy I've, I've been thinking of, and uh, I think Sean touched upon it because I spoke to Sean about it on the So Red Data Show. Um, I think a, a great strategy would be going to Bundesliga, La Liga, Premier League. This come August, right? Uh, if you've got a bit of ETH to spend. And finding a mid-table team that is good enough to smash the bottom, but will get smashed by the top. And yeah. buying a stack of that team. I think Brighton's a perfect example, or someone like that, where they, I think they're like ninth or something in the Premier League. They play against a Burnley or a Sheffield, and, you know, gross, dunk, uh, Joel Pedro, they're all smashing 100, right? Um, against Luton the other week, but yeah, I get the point. Luton, I uh, Luton at home are actually a bit of a formidable beast, like they are, yeah, they're actually kind of scary. We're playing Luton at, at, at their place at the weekend. I'm, I'm genuinely scared. They've um, been on some
2: great form last two they months I thought I, they were I, dead and they'll stay up now. I think I'm pretty I, sure they'll
0: stay up. I, I think that I think we'll really struggle against them at their place. Um, but yeah, so like then in Bundesliga and La Liga, like. Finding teams that are like sort of top half in those leagues because middle mid table is quite shit in those leagues, uh, but maybe aren't super like for example uh, Athletic Bilbao, is a, a yeah. solid team. I followed them just because of the United you know, and whatnot. Um So and like I think at the end of the day,
2: I, I was going to say on that I've started building into like a, a Frankfurt collection a little bit. It was sixth in Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, that, um, that's I, a, I think that's a viable strat because yeah. if you think about the regional comps. It's 18 to 20 teams in those leagues, right? Every week, you're either facing against a team that, that are beatable or a team that are not beatable, right? And if, if you're facing against a Bayern, ah oh, fuck, you're facing against a buy-in. GG, I'm not winning shit this week. But then the week after, you might be facing against Bochum. And you probably get a decent reward against Bochum. So it goes then to picking your game weeks every, every year and hopefully winning a top end reward in those game weeks and and then the ones where you're against the hard opponents, well then whatever. But I think it's a viable strategy.
2: There was um I think I was saying to you guys the other week a mate of mine, Chris, um he's off and on so rare all the time. I think he's currently buying players again. Uh may people his his uh, manager name is but he's a big he's a big stato and um He did a list of the top five leagues in Europe, and he looked at the teams who have the most possession in those leagues, and then the teams that have the least possession. And his theory was basically that that you know, and Frankfurt were one of them who have the most possession in the Bundesliga, I think, in the top five. And obviously, the strategy was then when they're playing against one of the the teams with the lowest possession, like the bottom five, the mismatch will be massive, and then you'll get a swing of you know sixty-five percent plus possession for that team. Your defense, if you, you kind of stack, you know, a couple of centre backs with the keeper, you're getting a really solid base there of, of just AA because you're gonna have so much of the ball just from passing the ball around constantly and keeping the ball that you're gonna have, you know, a good base to work off. And that again leads into that Ryan, doesn't it, of going, you know, if you can identify three or four teams from the top five champ leagues or you know, or anywhere really, um, to concentrate on. When you've got those mismatch weeks, you're going to get those spikes in scores and especially AA of the volume of passing and possession. It's just going to, you know, lead to that naturally. Um, and if you get, a, you know, a decent sort of two-goal win or something with a clean sheet, you're going to be in a nice spot really, aren't you, in terms of scores?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting one. Um, and and I think with the update, I think we're going to go back to... and and sort of what I've been I think what I've been saying on the pod for a while now what I want people to go back to is that sort of ambitious like I'm I'm building this to challenge maybe I'm only going to challenge a few times a year but I'm building this to target this to challenge. Because like uh PSU is a great example of when he first got in, he built a Chicago Fire staff and they are dog shit. But yeah. every sort of couple of months they'll play someone at home that they'll absolutely smash and when they do smash he he won a top end reward um i don't see people doing that as much anymore and neil's a great example neil's fulham stack when he when he came like fourth in premier league in season with a fulham stack like i love that winning it with a winning cap semi with a villa stack like stuff like that that's that's to me that's so rare aiming high dreaming big with a with your budget and figuring out how, with your budget, you can do it. To me, that is so rare. So I thought it was a, a fun thing to bring up there and talking about strategies. Um, and now I'm just looking at Dante on my screen and just thinking, wow, he, he kind of does look a bit younger than Chris, doesn't he?
1: A bit younger.
0: <laughs> 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 uh do you want to do picks the picks game? Yeah, let's get into it. I think, uh, I think there's uh so one of us here. One.
1: Yeah. Do you know so. What?
0: I remember last week saying, I think I said exactly what happened. I think I said goal and assist against Barca. Uh, to be
1: fair, you do say that every week about your player, but mm, you did get it right so. this
0: week. I'll give you that. Got write, it sounds like I've got it right more
1: times than you guys because I'm winning. You are winning, yeah. is currently the scores on the board. Well, the scores for last week, I picked a uh, loser who won the game <laughs> but was a loser for me. And that was he scored 52.2. That's pretty good um, still on AA. Yeah, still decent AA. Uh, you picked, uh, Chris picked a really good looking guy called Tafin Ferner, he scored 53.5, which Chris was excited about. I imagine looking at the scores, then he realized that, uh, Ryan had picked, uh, Pelistri, who kicked off his, uh, La Liga career, career by smashing against Barcelona and getting 79, two. What a boy. Get so there. the scores on the board are Ryan in the lead with seven, me in the middle on six and Chris. Tailing up the arse on five. <laughs> Have you got your picks now for this week? That joke, that joke never wears then, does it, David? I've
2: I've got mine. <laughs> it's always coming up the rear or tailing up the arse
1: or something like that, isn't it? Everyone? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll go oh, shall I go first then? Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna pick one of my guys who's got to move another guy of my guys that's got to move from the Prem this summer. He has gone from West Ham. He has landed in Lyon, and that is Saeed Benrahma. He joined about, obviously there was a bit of a furore over West Ham dicking clubs around, but the deal got done eventually, and he played 60 minutes at the weekend, had a a share of the set pieces, and he looked okay. Um, He's 50-50 to start this weekend, so I'm taking a bit of a punt, and if this doesn't uh, pay off, then I'm going to, Start going with some more serious picks. But I'll go with side Ben Roman this week. And he's cheap as chips still on the system. And he's a set-piece taking, although half of them at the moment, forward card. Oh,
0: speaking of set-piece taking forward cards, just off topic real quick. Um, Last night, Magnus Matson, my boy, who moved from NEC to Copenhagen. Great goal. Got a beautiful goal against Man City. But the thing that really stuck with me is that he was taking all the bloody corners. What a boy. I love that. The amount of people that were telling me how dog shit of a move that is, how they don't play with a 10, so he's not going to get decisive. He won't be on any sets and this, that, the other. And to see him on sets against bloody Man City, getting a gorgeous goal. Love that. What a and great uh, goal as well, wasn't it? It was a fantastic goal. And speaking dog of uh, other, other transfers, because it links into my pick, um, Joseph Paintsle on his way to LA Galaxy. Poor Joseph Paintzel. Big move for him. He just recently released a Valentine's Day song that's absolutely fucking diabolical. It's the worst thing I've ever listened to in my entire life. It's so... That.
2: I, wanna, I, wanna I have. That.
0: It's so dog shit. It, it is. It's it... a rap song, I'm assuming, is it? No. It's I, no, it's not. It's this auto-tuned, horrific... non. Oh, it's it's bad. It's bad. Like, I feel bad for being so mean about it, right? Fair plays that's what he loves to do, and he's, and he's made a song, right? But it's bad. <laughs> I'll uh, pop a link for you in the old uh, WhatsApp group chat for you guys to listen to later. But um, he's on his way to LA Galaxy. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Uh, he mm-hmm. should hopefully absolutely tear it up in the MLS. Um, anyway, to my actual pick, it's uh, another player from Gang. It's Mark McKenzie. I have a super rare. He was. Started off the season amazingly. I am taking a bit of a risk on this one. It's very very possible that he gets rested, but I think with only five games left of the normal season, they're going to want to push to get into that top half of the playoff. Well, you know the split that the Belgian league do. Um, so they're going to play the best team, and he's he's a best centre back in my opinion. They play against uh, Molenbeek at home. RWDM Molenbeek, who are awful. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, that it should be a really good game for him because he can smash AA um we'll see how that goes they're like a 50 something percent chance of a clean sheet they're like a uh 70 percent favorite or something like that like they're big they're uh 74 percent to win 55 percent chance of a clean sheet so yeah hopefully mckenzie does well
1: genk have been dog shit since they that, have been uh, dog shit. since they, they beat just, antwerp in december they haven't won a game they've been dog shit because they've got rid of some of their be- better players
0: um they lost a lot of players to Afcon as well, which wasn't That's great. Uh, but like they've they've sold Munoz, um, they've yeah they've sold they've sold Munoz. They lost uh, like half of their attack to uh, Afcon. Uh, Haenen got a small injury. Uh, Paints has been performing quite poorly, I think, due to the fact that he's going to get a move soon, possibly. Um, and overall, yeah, it's just not been great for Genk. But I think you know a home game against Molenbeek is a great time to turn it around. Nice, he says hopefully.
1: Chris, will we have heard of your player? Actually, I know we'll have heard of your player. And no, I very seriously thought about picking one of these players before like before you did your pick, because I suspect it's one of three players. But I'll let you go.
2: You think I'm going for somebody against Rudez, don't you, from Hadjuk? I do, yeah. That's no, what I was going to do. I'm not. You're not? No, I'm not. Oh, that could backfire. Do you know why? The only reason why is the last time Hadjuk played them, they struggled, actually. They didn't, they didn't score very well he didn't do very well so um, I'm avoiding that tactic this week in fact so I'm going to go for a player that I know you know David because I, I think you you either have him or you might have sold him recently and it is Harris Haradinovich from Captain Pata. Um he's played against Fatih Karagumruk what did you just call me? Are... <laughs> <laughs> so what did you call me? <laughs> You've been called worse, haven't you, Ryan?
0: Oh, by, by David. You guys should see the group chat, honestly. <laughs> David, David lives in the 60s, guys. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> Don't get me doxxed or yeah, he cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um
2: Carrigan, we'll call him. We won't say Fatty again, Ryan. Sorry. Um <laughs> Full of Fuller Figured United, yeah. All the figures carry good rook. Um the fifth bottom of the Turkish league. Um Harris, I'm gonna just call him Harris rather than I can do it though. Haradanovic, not bad that is it. But um better know, do, yeah. Yeah, so uh set piece taker for Kasim Pasa, who are fifth top of the Turkish league. He's on pens, they're at home, and yeah, he's um he's on been on great form this season to be fair. He got an eighty-five last time out. Um so, yeah, I fancy him again to hopefully get a decisive and get a nice dark green score and take home the bacon this
1: week. I bought him essentially to partner because I bought um, an Auxerre stack last summer and I got got them up to a 5% collection and then a few of their players moved and one of the players, Nuno, moved to um Kasimpasa. And so I just look and literally they've like, been brilliant going forward. They've score so many goals You know the outside of like the top two teams they're one of the highest scorers in the league and uh yeah so i bought him and he's done me well actually unfortunately i keep putting him in the team and surrounding him with imbeciles but sorry have you still
2: got him then or did you sell him i know i've
1: still got him i think i might even still have his limited as well but yeah
2: yeah it's good game this
1: yeah cool right chris's audio keeps coming in and out but uh one of these days you'll get an ethernet connection an ethernet uh, cable to plug into his laptop but uh yeah, that's it. I think that, like, going forward, we're just working on a new competition, which I think we should be able to launch next week. Not going to give anything away, but I'll tune into next week's episode to find out what it is. It's going to be quite exciting. There'll be plenty of things given away. If you needed more reasons to tune in, which I don't think you do. But, um, Ryan, as you've just leaned back, is that a training top for United that yeah. you're wearing? Yeah. Who the hell are Tezos?
0: whoever they're, they're just a company that sponsor our training cut the know. um never heard of them no no idea nice it's fun. it's for Is a fun one today guys uh thank <laughs> you for listening to the sarah ramble everyone um make sure to follow us on any platform that we're followable on twitter like tweeters. do you know what i mean Interact, tweet is it? But like individually though, don't tweet the Rambler accounts. I forgot the login for that, so I can't really access it. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. That's that's it from us guys. Nice. See you Thanks for week. listening. See you bye. next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.